0: Welcome everybody, my name is Krush AK and this is the Market Meditations Podcast. We chat with fascinating people from around the world to extract mindsets, routines, stories and habits to help you build richer lives. Today we are joined by the masked legend Bagsy. He talks about how he's managed to learn to trade and make money in the crypto space. He talks about networking and building businesses and also leaks some alpha towards the ends about pre-sales and how to get involved in them and how to make money off of them. I hope you enjoy this episode. What's up, Bagsy? Hey, brother. How are you? <laughs> i'm doing good man you're looking good in that mask right now thanks dude i
1: polished it just <laughs> for you Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you
0: seriously it's like, it's like major supervillain vibes going on especially with like the formal shirt as well i mean i've got a simpson shirt on right now you got the full mask like you
1: look great you know, i was in between business meetings so i like to at least look smart so when i get in it's, it's the <laughs> there right but, uh, yeah,
0: but that takes the expectations high right before the meeting, doesn't it? You gotta set the bar, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so like on a level though, why the mask?
1: Um, when I first got into crypto, I was kind of faced with a few things. One, I wasn't sure if I wanted to put my entire being behind this you know Twitter account or behind my thoughts it's a big responsibility to share your ideas especially you know just you know looking on on the internet these days it's really hard to have an opinion without getting uh, you know <laughs> messed with it but um, yeah I it was just better for me and I saw someone uh, Shil Nye, he had a mask and it just seemed like a a good thing to start with like you you can't you you can't go from being not anonymous to anonymous, but you can choose the other way around. So I just thought it made sense. And so far, it's, it's been great. I mean, we see all sorts of um, famous people
0: have one thing they said from like 15 years ago, come back and end their careers and lives. I mean, God, I've said a lot of stuff on Twitter, man. I'm, like, I'm over 10K tweets
1: now. so. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, uh, it depends on the person, but m- more and more so people are becoming more sensitive. And whether that's good or bad is another topic altogether. But you, you have to be careful, especially when you do have a following and you have a responsibility um, to be smart. Or at least I feel like I do. I'm sure it's the same for you. You want to share quality stuff. Sure, it's fine to go off the hinge. If you guys go on my Twitter, it's, you'll probably see a bunch of Pepe frogs and like jokes. So it's, it doesn't all have to be serious, but um, yeah, I feel it's smart to be cautious, and that that implies a mask as well. Um, yeah. So what sort of things come with that responsibility? Uh, would you say? In what sense?
0: Like. Um... Are you supposed to take care of the people who follow you? Are you supposed to just make sure you don't hurt them? Like, what is your definition of that responsibility?
1: That's a a really good, you pose that really well. I think both. I think you have to provide value, no matter if it's cryptocurrency or whatever field you're in, but also you have to do your best not to hurt your audience. And in crypto, that could just mean talking about a project that ends up pulling all the money and it goes to zero. And we've seen that happen time and time again. It happened last night with one of the protocols. So it's it's to me it just means thinking before I tweet. But how do we actually solve that? How would you say we
0: enforce that because like self-policing is done Uh, Quite frankly, like there are some incredible things about the space we're in, the cryptocurrency space. But when it comes to self-policing, man, I mean, people get away with anything and everything. So where do we even begin? I mean, you and I can choose as individuals to um, set the bar as high as we can and be responsible. But
1: um, long term, what's the actual solution, would you say? I don't think there is a solution and I don't think that there necessarily should be one. I think just people are how they are. Uh, you'll have people who think the way we do. You'll have others who don't give a fuck and will say whatever they feel. And that's fine as well. You're, you should be allowed to express yourself. Um, but I just think for people such as myself and, and you, Karush, it's a question of just being responsible and providing value and just having a good time. Yeah. I mean, are you having a good time? Have the last two years been amazing for you on Twitter? It's honestly been really good uh, in many ways, especially with um, you know this unfortunate COVID situation and all that. I I get to communicate with a lot of people that I that I consider friends, even though some of them may have seen my face, others not. You still develop a bond with people that you meet online through this community, through Twitter, through podcasts, and uh, so you're not you know alone, even though they're not physically next to you most necessarily. Um, what do you think of that?
0: You wear a mask. Um, I think it was quite interesting what you said about even though people haven't seen you, your real face or anything like that. I mean, there's so many illusions which go outside of just your physical appearance. I mean, like when you meet a girl in a bar and you say you behave a little differently to you normally do, you get a little nervous or you get super confident, um, whatever you are. All of these are some forms of illusion. At the end of the day, it's the actual relationship which creates a friendship which um, is why i'm friends with so many animals and cartoons uh yeah I, I never thought like three years ago i'd get here but here i am on a podcast with a dude that looks like a badass supervillain.
1: <laughs> it's true though but and i think the important thing here is just to realize that it's actually character that 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 develops friendships more than just the physicality or the the appearance I could look like this, but I could be the sweetest person in the world and someone could be dressing up like Jigglypuff, but they're a murderer, you know, so it's, it's, yeah, it's 100%. I would say character and time, uh, time is really what kind of proves relationships because you'll eventually yeah. get into obstacles together, um, and you get to see how the other person will treat you, treat the situation and you get to judge whether they're a good fit for your life. So all that to say with Twitter we're exposed to hundreds of talented individuals who are all good at something. Um, so you get to see who's the right fit or not. And you now then you make friends and sometimes start projects together and just things grow out of nothing. And I, I, I highly recommend the if, you know, if you're on Twitter to take advantage of that if you have some type of value proposition to bring.
0: Well, one thing I've noticed you're really good at is that um, networking side, that making friends side, because I mean, we met on a podcast now two years ago and instantly I was like, oh, I, quite vibe with this guy. He's um, got a great mindset. Um, You followed up afterwards, but yeah, both on being a genuine person and being a great networker, you've been great at making relationships, making friends and networking as a whole. Um, What are your top tips for something like that? If people want to get into doing that, because Twitter is one of the best places in the world to
1: do that. That's a good point. Uh, That's a hard question to answer as well. Um, We're all so different, but I think it it boils down to wanting to do good. I think that at the core, if you have if you're coming from a good place, and you have something that you want to offer, uh, I think your odds of succeeding will be much greater than if you're heading into something with the mindset of wanting to take. And an example is you know for for my own brand, the Bagsy brand, I didn't monetize anything for the first year and some months, so it, I was just sharing my thoughts and not expecting anything and through that i met cryptoons and we started a podcast and have a bunch of friends on and you know so it expanded but at the core i didn't come here to take anything it was really just to offer a perspective and hopefully make friends because at the time i had been trading uh, full-time for maybe a year and it was very lonely uh, and it was my choice to, to be alone I you know I have friends in real life but sometimes you just don't want to see them and I was going through some shit I guess around then so to me it was a good escape to get into Twitter and to build something that no one knew about only my best friend and very select people know about what I do to to you know that I've even given the name that I work under the pseudonym so I, ke- I keep it really personally to myself and um it works Worked out.
0: That's really interesting. I, I would have thought more of your close circle would have had some idea about what you do. Um, could I... I don't know if you're comfortable talking about it, but what was going on that um, made you want to come on Twitter and made you feel like you were lonely and going through some bad stuff?
1: Mm, I think at the time I was trying to rediscover myself. Um, I felt like growing up... Y- you kind of take bits and pieces from people, but sometimes you don't take enough time to really figure out for yourself who you are. So I took a good two, three years to just be alone, read books, educate myself, um, better understand why I was the way I was in some ways. So uh, I think Twitter was kind of like an easy transition where if I don't want to speak to someone, I don't have to. I don't. They're not going to knock on my front door. I don't owe them anything, but I stayed because it's been... Probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me uh, in many ways. Um, So I I feel like I I might be one of the few cases where social media has really helped me grow into something better instead of really being a drag and a negative and the perception that I feel social media might have. Um, But yeah, does that answer your question, it does
0: really, I mean, it's a double-edged sword, social media. I mean, some people, it can mess up your brain, your life. It becomes an addiction. But um, on the other hand, because of that power it has, it also becomes one of the most powerful leverage tools you could possibly use. Arguably, the most powerful asset you can have is an attention right now. Um, I mean, we, we bonded early on uh, being fans of Gary Vee, and he always talks about it like... Um, to stay trading attention, um, you gain attention, and then with that comes the responsibility, and you leverage that to get whatever you want. And um, yeah, so you, you said you were reading some books and learning stuff as you um, got into Twitter. What stuff helped you with that journey?
1: Uh, at the time, I was reading, I guess, a bit of spiritual things, uh, some Dale Carnegie, uh, Robert Greene. Life things, I guess, not not necessarily fantasy or sci fi, even though I did like those kind of books when I was a bit younger. But um, what's the book that helped me the most? I'm trying to think. I think the 48 Laws of Power was really uh, a good eye opener. Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've read it or if you've heard of it i have it's
0: a fantastic book that um i often like to compare to have you read how to win
1: friends and influence people i was gonna say that one next and this translates best to what we were speaking on earlier absolutely yeah that's a great book for our earlier conversation on you know what are some things you can do to to i guess make friends and influence people (laughs) (laughs) those two books are the same
0: in my opinion man they're the exact same, except one of them, How to Win Friends and Influence People, takes the perspective of, oh, everyone's nice. Oh, this is coming from a good place. But the other one enforces the same principles, but from a different perspective. Everyone's selfish, everyone's bad. And different people vibe with different ones, just depending on how their brain works and where they are in life.
1: Yeah, their attachment styles and all that stuff. So yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so yeah, if you're happy-go-lucky read the 48 laws of power. If you know what's up, read how to win friends and influence, but no, read both. And those are some of the books that helped me more. And I read them multiple times. And, you know, I think also you have to have a good upbringing and I'm I'm fortunate for that. I had two parents who, uh, you know, love and care for me. So I didn't have any lacks in that department. So I'm, I think I'm good enough at being myself. And I think I come from a good place and that's really what's helped me just steer the right path. You know, it, like ask yourself, am I hurting someone by doing this? Yes or no. If no, is it good for me? Yes or no. If yes, you know, move forward. And that That's what it's been.
0: I've, I've got a similar mentality with that net positive effect. That's all that matters. If it's net helping people, I'm okay with it. If it's mm-hmm. not, it's kind of like <laughs> thumbs up,
1: continue. It helps one person. <laughs> hundred percent. Um, what question for you, what's, what's been the biggest challenge with your YouTube channel? Has there been one thing that's been the the largest, I don't have a better word for challenge. But...
0: Yeah. Um, I have actually, um, I'm not that comfortable putting myself on camera. So actually, uh, I didn't bring the camera on for a while. Um, so actually being and presenting in front of the camera, um, I don't know if you know what imposter syndrome is, but it, it, it Oh, oh, it's when you, um, well, at least this is my definition of it. Um, When you feel like you don't belong where you are. And when I come on camera, I'm like, uh, why are 10,000 people watching me? Um, Like uh, as the views ramp up, as the audience grows, because I'm doing exactly what I was doing before. All this happened, except now there's a massive audience, and um, I don't want to discredit what I've done. I think for my age, I've been pretty hugely successful, which I'm I'm very fortunate for, and it's a combination of skill and luck. But uh, still, it feels kind of odd. So that's been the biggest challenge. I mean, obviously, there's uh, coming up with ideas and making sure people like what you're making, but. Um, yeah, just uh, getting the confidence to come in front of this many people and chat to them. I don't know if you've ever found that. I'd be interested to know how the mask changes that um, or if it does at all.
1: Interesting. Uh, I think it does, but not for me because I've done things before this whole cryptocurrency adventure that had my face out there. So I think just, yeah, as I said earlier, for me, it was just being able to really do it myself, alone. And if I decide to bring people on, I can tell them, uh but uh yeah no i i never really had imposter syndrome but i absolutely understand where you're coming from um i can't imagine you know to, to, yeah no i can but it's it's yeah no it's sometimes we devalue what we've learned um and it's uh it's a hard battle to overcome but and it's the responsibility as well man with this many people watching
0: like um, if I mention I'm trying a new workout routine, for example, like, you know, I, I love my working out. I do it twice. Well, when I'm not sick with freaking COVID, I do it twice a day, um, hit up the cardio, hit up the weights, sometimes five times a week. But what if someone in my audience is a beginner and doesn't know that they shouldn't be working out, out that much and gets injured? Like when your numbers grow, if um, you're getting like... 20 million impressions on Twitter, and then 1% of those misinterpreted message, that's a
1: lot of people that get... 200,000, 200, and that's that could grow really quickly if it's something off. But yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. Um, yep. We can only do the best we can, right? Uh, of course. Um, so
0: I think... As long as you have that good intention and um, you're careful, like you just have to be self-aware and conscious of what you say uh, and just use common sense. I mean, if you're giving health advice, give a disclaimer that you're not a doctor or um, a physical educator. It's if like when we talk about trading, for example, like that is something we have thousands of hours of experiencing, something we've obsessed over and something where we are the top percentage of people, um, not the top, top percent, because obviously we're both quite young and we haven't had decades of experience like others. But um, when it comes to crypto, a 24-7 market that we've been obsessed with that hasn't been around that long, so the percentage of time we've been involved in it is actually quite significant. We can give a lot more comfortably talk about these topics without being worried. But then there's the other side, and uh, this quite nicely transitions into trading. Yo, Bags, tell me about your trading journey, man.
1: Um, it went from not understanding risk, uh, getting wrecked on Kraken, from just not realizing that crypto was valuable, but having some of it. Um, before I got into crypto, I was, um, I had a product that I was selling and PayPal eventually cut my services because they didn't feel like it was within their terms and conditions nothing illegal but they weren't happy with it so they they really fucked me on that so eventually I got on the dark web and it, it was a good fit and I started accumulating some Bitcoin and I didn't realize what it was for the first two three years but I was still playing with it a bit but nothing nothing obsessive like today and uh, whatever fast forward two, three years later and early to mid 2017, I got back into it and uh, I went full time August, 2017 until this present day. Um, So trading was really my only um, source of income for, for a while until I started earning a bit of money through Twitter and then starting little things. But it was never anything really massive until more recently. But uh, yeah, I love trading, man. It's, I like being right. (laughs) I (laughs) I, I hate to say it, but it feels good to just have conviction and to stick with your, uh, strategy and, um, really see something play out. And it's a lot, there's a lot of pain too. You know, I I lost a, a lot as well, but it's really worth it if you're able to take the right steps and to be honest with yourself and to understand where your strengths lie. Uh, that took a long time for me. Um, were you profitable straight off the bat or did was there a turning point for you? I, I was because the environment was just so that it was hard not to be profitable. Um, like you'd buy something and it would go up 300% type of thing. So it was – I would not have been profitable, I assume, had the environment not been as it was. Um, because I did give a good chunk back in 2018 and, you know, so there I was still understanding um, – I guess, the function of of a bear market and how the environment changed. But I I, I adapted quickly enough, and thankfully, uh, everything worked out. Um, So, But you're right about this market being so young. It's only been around for, what, 10 years, a bit more?
0: I mean, it has. And also, you've got to think about uh, sample size when it comes to that data. Even though it's been around for a while, uh, there's a heavier weighting to the more recent data. So there's been far more participants in these years. So these years have more value, at least in my opinion, um, mathematically than the previous years. So not only have we been around for a while, we've been around for a significantly weighted while as well. We're
1: dinosaurs, man. We're fucking dinosaurs, (laughs) Yeah,
0: man, it's certainly going to happen. There's a, like going to be another generation coming up on crypto. I mean, three years is a long amount of time.
1: Yeah, and like we see cycles of people come through in groups, right? So it's yeah, it'll be really nice to see who comes through. Um who's your favorite new, newer account that that I've been following? Yeah. I like I like Ricky a lot. <laughs> Ricky, um uh, R- rookie, Ricky X. <laughs>
0: I I, I definitely enjoy his vibes and energy Um, I I like how he just owns everything he does
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Yeah. um, so Rookie I'm a big fan
1: he's got big balls I like that kid
0: Yeah, he's brave man he has gone up and down a lot of money Mm -hmm. Uh, who else have you been following that's new because I've obviously been following them but I don't have a radar in my head or a, a segregation between the new people or the older people
1: Right, right. Uh, I think in that group also, uh, Dentoshi. Mm-hmm. She's, she's a really cool trader. Uh, All right. Uh, who else? I don't know like, Pentoshi as well. He's uh, he's really really smart. Oh, uh, so he's the- um penguin, right? Exactly. Yeah, the the yes. penguin. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me just take a sip of coffee. Mm. Go ahead, man. I'll uh, bless you, Tim Hortons. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, that group. And then you have newer ones, but I'm not as in touch right now because I have less time to really stalk Twitter as much as I have in the past. Dude, it's a full-time job keeping up with uh, the tweets and putting them
0: out. And I mean, you also got to put a lot of thought into every tweet before you put it out, because again, there's that responsibility with every word that you say.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I delete a lot of my tweets before I send them. <laughs> it's a lot, of, a lot of drafts, a lot of a lot of thought goes into it, but it's a lot of fun. And I think I have a really fun audience for the most part. I, I don't have any problems with anyone. And uh, and yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> know, it's, 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 it's been good in that sense. Um, what are some of the older, I'm sorry, who are some of the older traders that you learn from and respect and all that?
0: I mean, um, taking out the last one you said, man, I actually came into the space making the mistake or... I had the mindset that anyone who goes around um, hating on other accounts is a loser. And to some degree, I kind of hold that it's like, it's a waste of time. Um, you're so much better putting out positivity and helping people than trying to tear people down. So if I ever saw a big account getting attacked, I instantly diminish it as, oh, those are just haters. So I actually came up um, into Twitter specifically, um, Eric Cho was someone else following closely, man. Philicone
1: um, uh, for me Philicone <laughs> and Nye those are the two I learned RSI divergences off fucking Philicone. <laughs> I mean Nye is
0: awesome let me just put that out there and Philicone um, had some good educational content man he's one of the reasons I make free educational content because like his stuff was great I found a system out of his stuff that made me a good amount of money so at the end of the day like he, he's done some messed up things but his content was very, pretty
1: decent. Yeah. And it shows because people are buying his content, you know, yeah. so if he wasn't good, they would, he wouldn't be where he is. So uh, I, 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 you know, we, life is complicated and, um, and yeah, quality is it's hard to
0: judge people um, based on the impression you get on social media.
1: You have no idea what's going on in that person's life. Yeah. Like I, I've had some, I, ha, I, I still have problems with people who put out negativity or, mm-hmm. or who tend to attack other people. I, I do think it's a waste of time. And you know, I don't usually associate with that and it's just leave me alone. <laughs> you do your thing type. <laughs> so that, that's what it is for me. And I've had a few people come after me over time and I never felt like it was really a product of me directly to them. It was mm-hmm. just a product of me. Um, But that's okay. We take it day by day. Don't you
0: think it's a product of themselves? I I often feel it's just projection. Um, Some sort of stuff you're dealing with that you like to project out. So when you see someone doing something that triggers you to spend your time writing mean messages, that's normally coming from within, not
1: from outside. You're right. I guess more what I meant to say is I'm the cause. I'm I'm the trigger, let's say. Yeah. There are many triggers. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you just happen to be one of them at that time. Bit,
1: yeah yeah you that's know, not personal I, I realize that
0: has it ever got to you like I upset you I, I know earlier in my career like what well, career freaking um, Twitter but yeah it is a career it is a career at this point and um, yeah it, it, it got to me quite a lot early on because I associated me with that online persona there wasn't that distinction.
1: Yeah, it, it it bothered me, especially when it's someone that you have respect for. I think that's when it matters most. I don't like it'll if it's someone that I actually have respect for that that kind of goes out of their way to to do that. That's when it's bothersome. But it hasn't happened very much. But there are some instances where it does, and you can have great respect for a trader because he's very good and he's profitable and he makes you know good income but at the same time he's been a piece of shit to you and you haven't ever messaged them haven't ever done anything really to fuck with them so it's regrettable but you learn that you know not everyone's going to be your cup of tea and that's okay also if no one
0: dislikes what you're doing. You're not doing something that significant,
1: you know? Or like you're the best fucking marker in the world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is also true. Um, though man, like take a look at someone like I, I talk about him a lot because he was quite uh you know how you said reading is what led to your journey? Well, the person who got me started reading was Ty Lopez with those Lamborghini ads.
1: Oh well, you see there's value in everything. He's-
0: exactly. And he's one of the most successful. Marketers of all time. I mean, I was watching a podcast with him recently, and a ridiculous percentage of Americans. The second you show, show Ty Lopez's face, they know who he is. It's because he did a controversial ad. So,
1: he's, I mean, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Just it's <laughs> it, it's a bit to be there. You have sometimes have to uh, stretch the truth a bit, and I think it's. I'm sure sometimes he felt imposter syndrome as well. Maybe he still does. Who knows? But uh, to, I think to anyone with
0: a big following has got to at some point, unless you have the biggest ego and you genuinely believe you deserve millions of people seeing what you're doing every day, like any shred of humility, you're going to feel at some point, um, whoa, well, why am I getting all this attention?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think once it hits the tipping point, and for me, I feel that was maybe two, three months ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, no, I appreciate every moment of it. It's, uh, I'm very wow. lucky. Yeah. I just noticed that my overall numbers were going exponential and not stopping. So I just noticed there was a small tipping point in just everything. And also I came out with, a few cool tools like Bagsybot, Proof of Listing, Proof of GitHub, all these different things for people. And that's been really great because uh, some people are using it and I hope they're making money using it. Um, Could you tell me a bit about the Bagsybot?
0: Yeah. I've sure, seen sure. it around, but I don't know too much about it. Like I know it gives um,
1: coin listings, it gives highs
0: and all, all-time lows.
1: Okay. Yeah, you're very close. Uh, so not the co- coin listings is a different one, but for Bagsybot, right. it just uh, it sends out a tweet whenever an asset – asset is making a new all-time high or a new all-time low and what that can help a person do is uh, potentially find a position based off what they believe is the best thing to do because at extremities you'll tend to find the best opportunity Uh, so bagsy is kind of like a a tool to help you find trades or at least to take to get in or you know get in on something at the at the area that's the least likely to work but that mm-hmm. is really the most profitable. So I don't know if that makes sense, but um, it, it, it not makes sense to work, but to, that looks the most unattractive to enter on, but usually that's the bottom. If it's making you all time low example, Yeah. Um, it depends on the project. Obviously we, li- I list, I think over 200 coins now. So you'll have some absolute shit coins that have, hit uh, support four or five times and it looks like it's going to break. But sometimes you'll get like a Bitcoin Cash or a Litecoin or one of these that'll sweep the low. It'll send a tweet and then it'll bounce 15% the same day. So depending how a person plays it, uh, it's good for that. So what was your motivation making that? Like, uh, how do you benefit?
0: Obviously, it delivers a lot of value as well. Um, That's clear if people are having success with it.
1: But what is like, what does banks get out of it? For me, I just think it looks it looked like it looks cool to, to have, no, I like it, it, I saw Gainsey and he has Ganzi bot. And I look at it and I'm like, damn, that's, that's really good that he has this. Cause not only are people making money, but he's making a difference in a way that he doesn't have to focus energy on it. It's automated. So you, it's very low resources on yourself. So I was like, I should find something like that. And I thought, you know, what could do that? And I came up with that idea and uh, trading Peter Great, great dev uh, built it, and it it just went well from there. Um, But, uh, yeah. Slightly tough question for you,
0: Bagsy. Um, Do you think it's wise to share bots that could potentially make you money? Uh, In the sense that if you share a bot, especially publicly, a lot of people are going to use it and the edge will disappear. And if it is a very profitable bot, it's eventually going to stop making
1: money. I don't know. Um, I I labeled BagsyBot in a way that doesn't have a, a bias directionally. So I'm not worried for myself. I'm not giving any financial advice. It's just a tool that tells people something. But if, you're, if you have a bot and it's posting signals, eventually. But I think that you'd have to, either way, the code would have to change with, the the change in um trend mm-hmm. so you have to kind of tweak it along the way regardless um I don't know what do you think uh I mean I'm alpha decay is a thing I yeah really how much does it decay I, I guess that would depend on how many people are trading off your signals how many uh other algorithms are coded to work against yours so if you're someone popular and it's very profitable, probably you'll notice and decay. But if you're, I guess a smaller account, may probably not. I, I, it also depends with how much size you're trading. I'm sure there's so many factors I can't mm. think about.
0: I mean, uh, look at it this way. I've noticed um, sometimes just sharing basic setups that I do, similar ones consistently for a while, has made them less profitable. Now, true, this was on lower volume coins, which I was trading on finance around, say, late 2018. And I literally noticed my edge get like decay because people kept front running me, literally front running my prices. And then I think about like a bot, which has hundreds and hundreds of users over time, uh, that, that inefficiency, that gap you're making money off, just more orders come in because you stop making money at this price, you got to buy a little lower and you got to sell a little higher. And it just happens and happens. And that's why bots are just a trippy, tricky topic. Um, I mean, I've seen some arguments in their favor. For example, uh, say you already do a lot of trading and you don't want risk-attached income. So you set out your bot until um, the alpha decays or just set it out and let people use it. But Um, I'm always interested to hear why people choose to sell their bots rather than use it themselves.
1: I think they might do both. Hopefully. Hopefully they're using their own bot. (laughs) You know what I mean? If they're selling it. But uh, I don't know. I I think it's good to have some automation if your bot's profitable. Um, Mm -hmm. I also think going back to your uh, statement earlier about getting front run, I think that just might be an algorithm – I'm one of finances market makers doing that. I don't think it's people stealing from your edge as much as it is uh, that. But also, I think maybe you lost a bit of the edge just because the trend mm-hmm. changed in some way. So, but maybe like this is just my guess. I don't know. It also depends how long you're running it. But I think it could may have been also an environmental change, and the market makers maybe noticed you or. It could have been
0: a coincidence. It could have been the market makers. Obviously, there are a lot of variables that play there. Yeah. That the coin
1: too. What coin, which coin was it? Can you speak on it? Or?
0: Uh, I, I don't want to get into too much oh, detail. Oh, no I, was, <laughs> I want to see what you uh, traded. Bro. <laughs> we'll, we'll go on that post-cap. Um, no problem. But no problem. yeah, it was uh, a, a selection, actually. It was a system where, I mean, I don't, I'm sure you've noticed it as well, but when it comes to the low mid caps, they behave almost exactly the same. They get volume and volatility running in, and then they go through very similar motions. And it's very easy to like group systems based on those behaviors. I mean, that's your, you've got a bot, that well, I'm telling the guy's got a bot which runs this on 200 coins. So uh, yeah, that happens there. But when it comes to releasing the bot, it's obviously like literally systematically sharing everything that's happening. Uh, but you also said that yours isn't a signal it's a tool or indicator that can be used alongside a system so there's an argument
1: yeah it's it is a signal in a sense but it's not a bias signal it's just Mm -hmm. giving you a fact it's giving you the fact that something changed so that yeah um 100 nice so what's your favorite way to use your bot I uh, just put on notifications if I see a coin that I've been waiting to get on, and for some reason something fucked up happened, then I'll, I'll try to position around it or you know yeah. wait for the lower time frame to to develop and look for entry. Like if I'll see a new low, for example, on Chainlink, let's say you'll mm-hmm. bet your ass I'm going to look to buy some, um, but it depends on the coin, and I've learned with time that it's extremely important to. Choose your coins carefully, the ones you wish to scalp, the ones you wish to trade, invest in, whatever your style is. Be very cautious because your resources are limited and there must be a value proposition for what you're purchasing. There must be a, a really good reason to do so. But sometimes, no, you'll have something that's shit that'll go a thousand X. They're obviously outliers, but you know, generally speaking, I've tried to be very to move a lot slower and that's been a very good thing. Um the survivor's guys, when you just focus on those outliers. So
0: I would agree with you 100% man. In fact, this year it's something which really changed my trading. Um I I don't know if you're familiar with Satoshi Flipper, but he was actually the guy who um told me, uh, "You focus more on the fundamentals of the coins you're trading. Look at the discretionary side and it changed everything." Because I suddenly changed my systems up a little. There was much more discretion, which what we were talking about earlier, that makes it a lot harder for bots to interfere with your trading. Because now there's so many more subconscious variables going into your trading from your mind and the
1: experiential edge, which you can develop. Very true. And also just in general, being more patient with position building, I've realized that for me, more often than not, I'm, I think I'm right in where I'm entering, but my problem was, you know, going with a hundred percent of my position right away, or, you know, 75%, mm-hmm. just being super confident and just mismanaging the, the, the ranging afterwards. So I've realized that for me, if, if I'm building a, let's say a two to three week swing position, it's really good to take the time because sometimes you'll just get shakeouts, huge shakeouts more often than not, you'll always get a shakeout. So it's just better to, to wait uh, especially on buying on Binance, let's say all these coins cycle similarly as you've seen and yeah it's, it's really um if you're able to be nimble in how you get in it usually plays out better and you can use higher time frame levels um to you know kind of set your your bias on everything and it's important to be able to be flexible so sometimes you're just wrong and the floor caves out and you gotta you gotta bail and it was very hard for me to learn that at first. Uh, I had an ego, I still have an ego, but I had more of an ego, you know, you want to be right. Um, yeah. I said earlier, I like being right. So <laughs> I, had to, I had to work on that a lot, so.
0: But the market's an expensive place to be right, but not a bad place to make money.
1: Exactly, it is an expensive place to be right, so. Uh, so have
0: you transitioned more into swing recently? Have you ever been more of a scalper? Um, how's yeah. your style changed over the years?
1: That's- that's a good question. I went from scalping to swings uh, to both. Uh, sometimes, if I'm just at the PC and there's something like sushi or one of these very volatile coins that is moving, you can just sometimes squeeze out 10% on leverage yeah. in an hour. So, I usually like to scalp those kind of coins. Um, but for swings, I'll generally do it off fundamentals. So, let's say, um, there's a hard fork coming up in a month or a month and a half. There's a conference where they're going to be giving out news. This is generally more applicable to the larger cap coins because they'll put mm-hmm. money into their marketing. So it usually tends to work better. Um, so I prefer, I prefer swinging exclusively when there's a really good reason, but I'll scalp for fun um, more often than not. Yeah. So, but- so
0: you're, main and larger size position
1: trading is with the swing place? Well, at the moment it's actually in pre-sales, but, uh, it's kind of taken a swing to that. Um, but yeah, no, definitely a swing place. So well, what made you swap to pre-sales and how have you found that? Uh, just through good friends, contacts. Um, and it's easier because you don't have to do much to secure a, a better entry, I guess. And that's the thing, like whenever you're entering a position, right, you want the best entry possible. So literally, what's the best entry on a coin? It's either before it goes to market, which costs you your capital and your time, mm-hmm. uh, so opportunity cost, um, or B, if you're an early miner and you're staking or whatever the mechanism is, um, it's either or. So in my head, I was like, if, if I have friends who are, you know, creating these projects, why not help them, especially if there's, they're actually doing something good? And I think that's the most important thing. But I'll also invest in things that are, you know, less, let's say, green, but I won't tweet about it and I won't talk about it because it's my own risk. And you know, if I fuck up, it's on me. Uh, but some projects you just want to put your, 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 yourself behind. And that's really what I'm looking for. There's
0: definitely been a shift this year. A lot of people have been getting more and more involved in pre-sales. And yeah. it's a difficult one because um, I, I love the way you described it as just a better entry on a position, uh, because th- that's something um, I've been thinking a lot about recently. And uh, when you look at it as just another trade, I mean, why do you have access to these precepts? It's because you've worked. You've worked really really hard at building your network, at building your platform, just like a trader would work really, really hard at studying the price data and building his edge in the market. So it's just a different edge in the market. And I don't know if you thought much about that, and whether it's still a level playing field or it's different in any
1: way when you get access to these pre-sales. That's interesting. I guess it's no different. You're trading your time right your time your energy everything's a trade um so i just realized that you know like we were speaking on earlier i i i like people and i want to be involved in projects so i just i didn't go there for that it just happened so happened that i have a bit of capital i can put towards some of these and it's just a better entry on a better trade but at the same time you know if you invest in these things you're you're not giving you're not giving your entire position up front a lot of it's locked a lot of it's vested so it's, it's a trade like any. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But at, at the core, it's, I think it's cool just to be in something early and support it.
0: So um, I, I take it you've had quite a bit of experience with pre-sales now. Um, what are the most important things you look for when you're looking at a pre-sale project?
1: Um, sure. Uh, market cap on listing, uh, vesting schedules. Um, w- do they have solid a solid social media presence do they have a team is a team docs uh, what kind of education do they have if, if it's verifiable do they have a product all these things are important i say from most to least important a lot of projects go to market and they don't have a product and it still the yeah. X. so it's 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 not a, a tri- you know you could have the an a team but they list in a bear market and you'll see it go to fucking hades Um, you know, we've all seen, and I don't want to name any names, but sometimes you just, if you don't have enough money for your market making, you don't have enough money for your marketing, you enter the market at a wrong time as a project. Uh, it's just, it just won't work out. So it's for you for, as a, as an investor, I think you have to notice the trend. Mm -hmm. What are coins do? Like, what are the listings looking like? What are the charts looking like? Are they making 10, 20, 30 X multiples on listing? Or is it only a three X now? And is that happening? You know, So you have to pay attention to these things as well. But yeah, it's, it's all that. Um, I'm sure there's a lot more that I'm not thinking on. Um, what would you I say? I you covered a lot
0: there. Um, <laughs> I, you covered a lot. So I, I want to dive into that a bit. Um, okay, so what's a good market cap? Do you want it higher? Do you want it lower?
1: Um, do you want it in somewhere in the middle? Uh, the lower, the more marketable, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it looks good when a team doesn't ask for much. Uh, also, you know, if they, sometimes you just need a bit for a dev or for something you're missing. So if they're not being greedy with their numbers, they have decent partners. If you have a good name, uh, like Alameda or any of these, you know, Polychain, all these companies, um, if you have some of these backing you, it's good. Um, but, uh. What was the question? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was
0: what sort of market cap are you looking for? And you answered it well as well, Magsy. Uh You said no, better generally,
1: and you're also looking for good names. Yeah, I think anything under a million, 1.5 yeah. is reasonable, at least for today's condition, uh, today's uh, environment. But you can also like you can also raise multi multiple millions, but your market cap on listing is still one one point five. Like mm-hmm. say, our a, a, a fuel Rio. I think they raised 20 million, but their market cap on listing is 1.5 or something like that. I don't know. They didn't perform that well, actually. Yeah. Um, surprisingly enough, because uh, it's a, actually a big blockchain. Um, things are being built on it, so you know, the, it, it goes to show. You, sometimes you just got to bet more. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think recently the environment's been good for for what for for exactly that, and uh, maybe that will change. We'll uh, you've got your
0: pre-sale game on lockdown, man. Um, I'm learning a lot just chatting to you about this. Um, so, again, yeah, let's keep going. Um, th- so, docs versus nocks, not docs teams. Um, do you? Is it binary for you? If then docs, I'm not interested,
1: or is there more to it? I'll, I really want there to be at least one spokesperson, someone I can speak to. It's ironic because here I am, but um, <laughs> I think every company should at least have one at least one or two. Um, But for me to invest in it, I want to see a a team. Literally, I want to see a product. I want, oh, also, I want the token generation event, so the TGE, to be close. I don't want my money to be in limbo for six months while they're figuring out their shit. I would rather they have a product, they have everything built. Maybe, you know, it isn't perfect yet, but at least the the train track's built. So for me, I really, I, I, I like it when, it's launching within four to six weeks tops. And I just like, you want your money to work for you. Right. So. But you like. also want a vesting period too. So where do you find the balance there? Um, for me personally, I like at least receiving at least if it's a really good project, at least 20% of my tokens up front. 25 is nice. 30. Um, some will unlock everything and bless your soul. and Yeah. <laughs> As long as I can make a return on my initial in, in in a way that's respectful towards the market, then I'm I'm more than happy. And what they get uh, in return what mean is in a way that's respectful towards the market. Well, let's say you invest a lot and you have a large amount of the supply and you just nuke. You nuke the chart, it dunks 30%. You know, that's not respectful. But if you're if you're if you're respectful, it means you're spreading it out very slowly. You're, you know, you're not, you not ruining anyone's day, and you're (laughs) allowed to. You're well within your rights as a trader, as an investor. You can do what you want with the tokens that you have up front, but there are certain ways to conduct yourself. And I've seen some people take the other route, and it's not very favorable because, you know, due to blockchain, everything's traceable. We know who, who's who, basically. So it's kind of, I don't know. I think it's smarter to not be a dick. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm, I don't have much experience.
0: I actually participated in my first one ever recently, Polka Starter. Right. I don't know. You did, oh. you did great. <laughs> yeah, it, the first one actually did well.
1: Yeah. So um, w- were you? Yeah. In- <laughs> no, I missed it, man. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't on the ball with that one. Yeah. My heart is. I'm happy for you.
0: I'm really Oh, thank you, man. Um, But honestly, it's all new to me. So um, I'm fortunate enough to have a team who can vet these projects for me, uh, look into them. Let
1: me speak Uh, to your team, man. They're on (laughs) point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we've we've been pretty good. Um, We've said no to about uh, 99%. (laughs) We get like two offers a day for different ones. And um, it's all about saying no, 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 because for me, It's not just about whether or not the project's going to make me money. Um, It's also about whether or not this project actually wants to build a product. Like, I don't want to invest in someone who's, um, I don't know if you consider this part of the game or not, but I don't want to invest in someone who's just making a token to pump and dump. Like, I want to invest in people who are making real projects.
1: Right. Um, As I said, I'll I'll still get in on these, but I just won't. Make it known. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm willing to take a trade, even if it's on a shit coin, but I think it's going to do well. In, th- in that aspect, I'm less. I have less morals. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not less morals. It's different morals. Different morals. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I just see it as a trade, and yeah. for the but, but 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 if it's something that I'm going to make people aware of, then absolutely, a hundred percent. I won't invest in anything that I'm not. aligned with, and it's it's impossible to bet on whether it'll do well or not. But as long as the alignment's in check, you know you can't really go wrong
0: yeah um and yeah I, I do want to make clear that i mean different models because we're trade like i'm not trading in the market because i'm a charitable person i'm trading in the market because it's a fun video game and it makes money you know like we're all here playing but it's it, you see a lot of people traders who are super judgmental that people getting involved in pre-sales and stuff and it's just like wait but why are you in the market are you there to uh, take like give money to people clearly not
1: yeah. It's 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 complicated, and that's where you really have to figure yourself out, and you know, make sure you're okay with it. And what's most important is that you're okay with it. Yeah. Uh, but if you, you know, if someone doesn't have a following on Twitter, you don't have to worry about any of this stuff. But uh, it gets different uh, as you grow, and you know, it goes down to responsibility. So, yeah, at least I feel at least for us two, we're, we're going to be all right, brother. <laughs> <We're gonna laughs> I think. <be> good. <laughs>
0: Uh, we, we we do try, we do try, and uh, that's more than a lot of people can say for themselves. So um, respect to you, Baxy. Like I like that. Um, despite having the potential to do, make more money, like let's face it, man, if you were willing to hurt people, you'd be making a lot more money right now than you are, and that's just a fact that comes with what we're doing. Um, and you actively choose not to. So yeah, respect to you, man. Um, I know you also do consulting. Um, could you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Actually, I don't anymore. <laughs> no. No, no, no. I, uh, I stopped maybe eight months ago and yeah. I, had a, I had a conversation with a friend and he basically told me, you know, what is it really worth opening yourself up to anything if ever anything goes wrong, even though mm-hmm. you can put a thousand disclaimers and it's not financial advice, there's still an inherent risk. So I decided to just stop it and yeah not so that uh, i don't do that anymore but in terms of like i i do consulting at, at, with an incubator in a sense so that's a separate that's a separate project um so i work with an incubator that helps cryptocurrency projects uh, acquire uh, funding marketing um tokenomics all that fun jazz um so if we see someone who's good we'll try and guide them so in that sense yes i guess i do consult but not in the one-to-one sense anymore. It's more me to business. Bagsy to business. <laughs> Bagsy <B2B, laughs> <B2B>, baby. B to B. Yo,
0: know, that incubator sounds amazing. Uh, are you anonymously working with them,
1: or is the real Bagsy, or is there even a real there <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's probably a few, but... Um... <laughs> uh it's anonymously online so i haven't tweeted about it i haven't chatted about it it's just something i'm doing on the back end um because as we were talking about earlier i for me objectively i i want to be part of teams who are creating really cool products and one way for that is to join as an advisor or to help incubate them or to offer services whatever it is um so that's kind of where i'm gearing myself for uh been trading for a while now, and it's, it's a lot of fun. But I just see more value in uh, being at the at the start, or at least on the team end of things, and being able to have a voice and to help guide people a bit better. I is think that long really term? That then? like, what is long term really? I, I think for now, it's a good fit, and we'll see where it takes me. Um, I, I try not to be too anal about the future it's you take it day by day you do your best at least have some sort of roadmap for yourself but at the same time uh, it's okay to sway a bit and to to be be in flow (laughs) however you want to say it so
0: just take it day by day um at least make sure the trajectory is up
1: yeah hopefully or at least sideways you know it's okay to fall down but um I, i think we also spoke a long time ago about greg plitt uh Oh, my God, we did. I, I'm amazed to yeah. remember that. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I was listening to some of the stuff this morning, actually. I just took a walk and just enjoying my day. Uh, but, yeah, no, they like, try to find some motivators for you. Um, it's sometimes hard in cryptocurrency, right? Not to say that there aren't people who are motivational, but it's not the same as, let's say, fitness industry or industries where you'll have someone who will you be on camera every day. Look, look what you're doing, basically. You're doing that. so That's awesome. But it's hard find these kind of people, uh, I find. So, um, yeah.
0: Honestly, someone like Greg Plitt, I love that you mentioned him. Uh, That's my dream. I want to learn to become a better communicator. Um, That's what this podcast helps a lot, man. Because, um, I mean, it's easy with you because you're fascinating and there's a lot to learn from you. But being able to communicate with people, get that energy across, like it's a skill I'm trying to learn. And um, thanks for coming on this podcast and making at least my journey to do that earlier and blessing our listeners with uh, your wisdom and teaching
1: them a lot, man. I appreciate you having me. Uh, it's always good talks.
0: Yeah. Um, is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with before we wrap it up a message, any of
1: your services you'd like to talk about? Um, find me on Twitter. Uh, have fun doing what you're doing. Try to give back and you'll be, you'll be just fine.
0: Bagsy, you're awesome. Thank you for your time. I hope that we can get you on the podcast again in the not too distant future. And you
1: on mine, please. Um, I'd love to. Great. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Market Meditations podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like us to continue bringing you fascinating people from across the world, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you like to listen to these podcasts, and share the episode with a friend. If you have feedback or an idea for a potential guest, reach out to me on Twitter, at Karush AK, and do not forget we write a newsletter covering all important topics in crypto and traditional markets. We send it out three times a week the market meditations newsletter you also get early access to these episodes and you get transcripts and extra notes as well so make sure to subscribe there as well